Hammerdown Racing Report. And now your hosts, Scott Hammer, Ron Miller, and Jerry Keezer. Welcome, race fans, to the Hammerdown Racing Report for Thursday, August 5th, show number 191. Coming at you live from the Ron Miller Race Cars Studio 2.0. Is that what we're calling 2.0. 2.0. Yeah. Okay. Live on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, whatever, you know, whatever you want. We're live there. Presented by Oakshade Raceway once again. Make sure to like us, follow us uh, on Twitter at Hammer Report. You can, uh, I think there's still time for the uh, Twitter poll. It's not a very exciting one this this week, but uh, um, this is why I don't like having the comments open. I get distracted. <laughs> it's like, squirrel. <laughs> I don't even remember what I was talking about. Oh, the uh, Twitter poll for this week. How far would you be willing to drive weekly to go to your uh, local racetrack? So we'll have the Twitter results coming up later. Also on the show tonight, Larry Jewett. I don't really know how to describe him. Racer, writer, flagger, uh, monster truck guy. Um, Motorsports extraordinaire. Okay. Former uh, predecessor of mine at uh, Oakshade Raceway. And uh, he used to race there, too. I do, did he, yeah. Was this his first race there? Oh, yeah. That's where he started racing? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. He doesn't race anymore, though, does he? I hope not. No, I don't <laughs> think so. <laughs> so we'll be talking to Larry Jewett uh, a little bit later. He lives down in Florida now. Uh, but he should be joining us in about uh, 15 minutes or so. Um, also coming up, how many your chance to win a Big D's pizza? Um we got Ryan Weekman back. He's uh, got your weekend weather pit stop. And uh, spoiler alert, it's going to be hot. It's your spoiler. He's going to talk about his muggy meter, too, I'm pretty sure. I don't. I, I, I listened. I don't remember the muggy meter, but maybe. Ooh. We'll find out. Um, make, sure, <laughs> uh, make sure to check out Big D's Pizza, Subs, Ribs, Chicken, and More, and Clyde, 419-547-1444. Order online. Big D's Pizza. I'm sorry. It's orderbigdspizza.com. Big on taste. Not on price. Yeah. Also, uh, Oakshade Raceway, our uh, presenting sponsor, we're the fastest meet to race. Racing every Saturday night this weekend, a full show of late model sportsmen, bombers, and compacts. Racing starts at 7 p.m. I also have to thank Real Geese Solo at Decoys. Big D's Pizza, we already talked about them. Ron Miller Race Cars, freeze frame photos. We'll be talking about Big D's later on, though. We will. Because we give away their pizza and stuff. It's the way that works. Uh, Also, uh, we are available on... if you like, I'm all over the place. We're also available on uh, Spotify, Spreaker, whatever your favorite podcasting platform is. You can listen to us on demand. You don't have to uh, watch us. So it's probably easier that way for, for most people if you don't have to. Everything you need to know about Hammerdown Racing Report is on our website, hammerdownracingreport.com. Kick things off uh, with uh, Mr. Keezer there. How about we uh, check out our weekend weather pit stop? And I'm going to try and uh, cue up some different background music for you this time. I'm not doing the weekend weather pit stop. No, no he, the he's racing doing roundup. the racing roundup. <laughs> oh, would you tell our board operator that the scroll should be going to? Oh my it, gosh, it, it, this guy sucks tonight. It, it gives our listeners, <laughs> it gives our listeners something to do while we're rambling. There you go. This week's racing roundup, kicking things off, Attica Raceway Park action. Trey Jacobs, who came to the night leading the 410 sprint points, took the lead late in the feature to earn his first career win at Attica. Stuart Rubaker finished second, and Chris Andrews finished third. In the UMP late model A main, Rusty Schlenk used a late race restart to drive around Ryan Missler to score his third victory of the year at Attica. It's his 31st career win at the track as he sits atop the all-time win list for the division. Missler finished second, Mike Boris finished third. 
Two-time Attica 305 champ Jamie Miller took the lead at the drop of the green for the non-stop 25 lap 305 feature and never looked back. It was his fourth win of the year and the 31st of his career to set second on the track's all-time win list for the division. Matt Foose finished second and Casey's Jed's I'm not, I'm, not, I'm screwing it up already. <laughs> Jed Rezjek rounded out the podium. At Lima Land Motorsports Park, season championship night was last Friday. Lindsay, Oklahoma's Harley White would lead green to checkered in a KNL ready mix NRA Sprint Invader feature honoring the late Tim Allison. Andy Welch would secure his first ever Lima Land Bud Thunderstock regular season feature win. Steve Irwin would grab the non wing sprint feature, and Kyle Moore picked up the Northwest Physical Therapy UMP modified win. At Oakshade Raceway, it was Devin Shields taking the lead with two laps remaining to win his third late model feature of the year, with Rusty Schlank second and Dusty Moore third. Mike Jessen won the sportsman feature over Rusty Smith and Jesse Jones. Colin Schilt won his seventh Bomber A-Main of the year over Jeff Folks Jr. and Gabe Mueller. Eric Carr won his fourth compact feature event. Jason Deschler was second, and Dylan Ifland was third. Logan Huff made a last lap, last corner pass on the outside of Adam Lance to win the Bomber B-Main. Megan Elliott won the compact B-Main. At Flat Rock Speedway, it was Steve Cronowet Jr. capturing the 50-lap late model feature race, topping Frank Giovanni and Eric Lee. Landon Schuster battled door-to-door with rookie Johnny Rangel for the final laps and just nosed out the youngster to win the 25-lap Arca Street Stock A-Main. Nick Shanks finished third. Dennis Wisman Jr. edged out Jeremy Vanderhoof for the figure eight victory. Bryce Thompson was next in line at the finish. Ian Jeslo visited the Monroe Asphalt Winner's Circle with his win in the 15-lap B-Main, topping Taylor Papineau and Chris Diavardi. At Fremont Speedway, it was DJ Foose putting on a dominating performance Saturday, leading all 30 laps of the TI-22 Performance Fast on Dirt feature event for his fifth win of the year. Cole Macedo finished second, and Nate Dussel finished third. Dan McCarron took the lead with 10 laps to go and drove to the Great Lakes Sprint Series victory. It was his second career win at Fremont. Max Stanball finished second, and Ryan Rule finished third. Paul Weaver also powered in the lead of the Fremont Federal Credit Union 305 Sprint A with 10 laps to go and took his fourth win of the year at Fremont. Pole sitter Dustin Stroop held on to second, and Matt Foose finished third. Montpelier Motor Speedway over in Indiana roared back to life for the first time since 2019 last week under the tutelage of Larry Bowes, a previous guest here on the Hammerdown Racing Report. Dylan Nussbaum took the UMP Modified feature over Dylan Woodling and Aaron Orr. In the Super Stocks, it was Josh Litton picking up the win with Jordan Conover second and Glenn Bradley finishing third. In the final feature of the night, Rodney Sutton took the Squirt Compact feature over Josh Gamblin and Heisman Skeens. At Shady Bowl Speedway, it was the 51-lap Neil Siva Memorial. Chad Pendleton picked up the win over Josh Sage and Rodney Roush. In the Dave Nagel Excavating Lake Models, it was Don Mahaffey Jr. scoring a victory over Josh Smith and Matt Parsons. The always exciting Herod Septic Solutions Compacts saw a new track record be set during qualifying, 16.701 around the three-tenths mile oval. Mike Wintrow picked up the feature win over Bobby Terry and Jordan Sage. In the Herod Septic Solutions Compacts, I'm sorry, Herod Septic Solutions Compact Powder Puff. It was Holly Eaton setting the quick time, but in the feature, Destiny Lucas picked up the victory over Holly Eaton, and Bobby Joe Parsons came home third. We had the National Compact Touring Series presented by RevX Oil in the house. It was Ben Watson picking up the win there over Derek Robinson and Justin Stanley. And wrapping up the night was the Noble Armor Coating Crown Vicks. Jimmy McElfrish setting the new track record in the Crown Vicks, 17.105, but it was Nick Barrett. Picking up the win in his very first start in the Crown Vicks in 2021 over Tyler Brandenberry and McElfish. What about Lost Morton building late models were in action? Kyle Larson won the 31st Prairie Dirt 
Classic Saturday night at Fairbury American Legion Speedway. It was his first career World of Outlaws Morton Building Series late model series victory. Bobby Pierce held on to finish second, and Shannon Babb was third. Cade Diller took the lead from Brandon Overton on lap 17 and went on to collect his fourth World of Outlaws Morton Building late model series checkered flag on Tuesday at Outagamy Speedway. Brandon Shepard settled for second. Chris Madden ran, grabbed it out the podium. Next up for the Outlaw Late Models, the USA Nationals weekend at Cedar Lake Speedway in New Richmond, Wisconsin, this tonight through Saturday. Word of Outlaws and Also Energy Drink Sprints were in action. Aaron Reitzel led all 30 laps at Ransomville Speedway and secured his fourth Word of Outlaws and Also Energy Drink Sprint Car Series victory of the season. Paulie Kalagiovani, making his own, only his fourth Word of Outlaws start, challenged Reitzel on a green-white checkered restart and finished second with Craig Kinzer sneaking onto the podium. On Saturday night, Sheldon Hottenshield essentially had the win in the bag, but a collision with James McFadden sent him sitting, spinning from the lead with two laps remaining. David Gravel inherited the lead and held off Donnie Schatz and Brad Sweet to win the Empire State Challenge at Weed Sports Speedway. Next up, the Ironman weekend at Federated Auto Parts Raceway at I-55 in Peabody, Missouri, tomorrow and Saturday, August 6th and 7th. Blow Racing All-Star Circuit of Champions were in action. Tyler Courtney earned his seventh All-Star Circuit of Champions victory of the season in Thursday night's Ron Disfield Memorial at Missouri State Fair Speedway. Kerry Madsen was second with Ayrton Jeniton third. Kerry Madsen scored his first ever All-Star Circuit of Champions victory on Friday night at 34 Raceway. Madsen started on the inside of row five and ran the bottom, taking the lead from Bill Baylog on lap 20. He held off a challenge from Tyler Courtney. Baylog held on to finish third. Matson won again on Saturday night at Knoxville with Spencer Baston and Geo Selzy rounding out the podium. Next up for the All-Stars, they'll head to I-96 Speedway, Michigan on August 20th, Plymouth, Indiana on August 21st. You'll see a lot of the All-Star regulars at the Knoxville Raceway in the next two weeks for the Knoxville Nationals. In Arkham Menard Series action over the last 60 laps of Saturday night's Arkham Menard Series Calypso Lemonade 200 at Winchester Speedway, Ty Gibbs running second barely let more than a car link come between himself and Corey Heim. The situation lasted until lap 198 when Heim, fighting through lap traffic, slowed just enough for Gibbs to get to his rear bumper. Gibbs turned Heim and after an overtime restart went, for, went on to win. It was Gibbs' seventh win of 2021. Greg Van Alst finished second and Heim came back to finish Wasn't, third. Uh, so, so do you think do you think there were a lot of congratulations in Victory Lane? I'm sure you probably met a, 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 hot, a Christmas card down to Victory Lane after the race. Yeah. Wasn't the uh, Calypso, wasn't that a ride at like Cedar Point, one of those spinny rides? I don't know. Whenever I hear that one of, Calypso One of the fair rides or something. Something, yeah. yeah. Anyway. <laughs> Next up for the Arkham Menard Series is the Clean Harbors 100 at the Glen at Watkins Glen International tomorrow at 6 p.m. on Fox Sports 1. In other notes, NASCAR returns to action this weekend after their Olympic break at Watkins Glen International. The Camping World Truck Series will be in action for the United Rentals 176 on Saturday at 12.30 p.m. on Fox Sports 1. The Xfinity Series will be in action on Saturday at 4 p.m. on NBC. And the Cup Series will be in action on Sunday for the Go Bowling at the Glen at 3 p.m. on NBC Sports Network. And that'll do it for this week's Racing Roundup. You know, one thing you forgot to mention about that, uh, that rookie, Kyle Larson, First, oh, that rookie, yeah. Yeah, first driver ever to win features in both World of Outlaw uh, series. No one has ever really? won. No one has late ever won World of Outlaw late models and World yeah, of Outlaw I, sprints before him. And a sprint yeah, cup. That's, yeah. And All-Stars. Yeah, I, yeah. So he's the first to do the try the yeah, quadruple factor. You, you name it, he's done it. <laughs> 
was looking in the uh, the uh, comments, and Mark Burns, you know, talking about loving that Harley White's been up here from Oklahoma all summer. When I talked to Harley last Friday night in Victory Lane at Lima Land, she has loved being down here. She's fell in love with Lima Land Motorsports Park and hopes to be able to come back next year and be here all year for the for the entire season. That'd so be cool. Looking forward to seeing more of more of Harley around Ohio. And if you want to know more about her, check out uh, our interview we did with her. Crud, I don't remember. It was month earlier so, this year. Month or so. It was more than weeks. That. I want to say it was before the season. I thought. That was all, like all you got to do March is, or April. All you've got to do is scroll through the videos, and she's in the headlines. Harley White. Yep. There you go. Very, 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 very cool young lady, and it, it was very fun to see her in action uh, this year at Lima Land. Uh, expect to see her tomorrow night for the season championship night for the King of the Quarter Mile. Uh, should be the Queen of the Quarter Mile if she wins it, I guess. And uh, see how she does. How many? Uh, how many features does she win? Three. This year, she would have had four. She was leading one, and uh, yeah, kind of went around, spun out in the middle of the field. And and uh, how many features did they actually uh, run? I don't know. I don't want to talk about that. Okay, I'm just saying. I'm just trying <laughs> not, to get a percentage. A percentage. How much? What is the percent of features that she won that uh, at Lima Land this year? I believe she was fifty percent. That's I pretty good. Look, yeah. Right? Okay, that's what I was yeah. getting. I wasn't trying to make fun hey, of, you geez. know, they got rained out all the time. But That's like Car- oh, Kyle no, Larson's no, status. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty good. And I she get- is, she's figured out Lima Land in a hurry and done a hell of a job. Randy Hannigan, though, has been right on her tail every time. You know, and, and, and he he's dying to beat her, I know, in NRA competition. So we'll have to keep an eye and see how the king of the quarter mile goes tomorrow because that, that could be a, a definite uh, – barn burner between those two and i want to talk more about the the quarter king of the quarter mile thing later on okay i want to get get Absolutely. a little bit more involved in that but uh and i did a search hammer down race report harley white in the first result is uh our show on i actually on iheart radio for some reason but that works i mean you can listen to it there it's all good it's all good yeah, i'll gotta thank real geese silhouette decoys the most technologically advanced goose and duck decoys ever produced manufactured here in the u.s check out realgeese.com or call 419-800-8100. Uh, and you can also check out some of the other products they have for sale on their uh, site. You should have some uh, Craig Mintz apparel on there, I think. Yeah. Yeah, there's some decoys across the couch behind me. What? <laughs> Contact Freeze Frame Photos for all your racetrack photos, whether on the track or in Victory Lane. They can meet all your photo uh, needs. Uh, they do custom photo shoots by appointment. Give them a call, 419-476-9978. Freeze-frame photos, special moments, frozen in time, and they also have they have some cool uh, custom products that uh, they can uh, put together for you. So if you're a racer and you want to sell some things or give some things away, they do more than pictures. Yeah. Like the calendar. I think the calendar is going to be a popular thing this year for Christmas. That's what I'm thinking. Um. How about we bring uh, Mr. Jewett in here now? Really? Yeah. Should we? Oh, might, might as well. He's, he's just kind of sitting he, He's down in there. the green room. There he is. It's not green, it's red. Ah, uh, it's close <laughs> enough. The red-green room. Yeah, I know. One of, the, one of those Christmas colors. Yeah, we, no we, we can change the color. Yeah, you probably could. You probably put, like, a herd of animals behind me if you wanted to. But Decoys. You know, They're all fine. decoys. Real geese decoys. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Larry Jewett, welcome to the show. Um, I don't really know how to title you because, I mean, what the first question I was going to ask is what haven't you done in motorsports? Won a race, actually. Okay. So, Are you sure? 
I'm I positive. Okay. I got a second one time in an E feature, but close uh, you know, yeah. I mean, it was alphabet soup that night for sure. But uh, no, I had a lead one time when the guys were running first and second, came off turn four, banged into each other, and I went by, and it's like, okay, I'm going to be the leader on the restart. Except they determined the one guy spun the other guy out, so I ended up second. So where was this at? Oakshade. Okay. I only raced at Oakshade and Fremont. I did do some. I did do some other stuff. You know, celebrity races at Toledo Speedway and uh, uh, Riverhead Raceway in New York. I had there's a picture of me at Riverhead where you can see my car just right here, and then you got the other guy right there beside me. It's just right as we're crossing under the checkered flag, and that's how close I came to being a lap down. Oh, so <laughs> you almost. But won. it looks. But it looks like you won. It looks like a one by half a car length, but that could it was be your in reality. Story. Yeah, that's yeah. The the white flag was already put away. The guy figured, oh well, I don't need it anymore. So, yeah, race is over here in ten seconds. But yeah, that's that's pretty much it. I mean, you know, that's just some of the stuff. Um, I did race at Fremont some a um, couple of times back in Joe and Shirley Thompson's days. And uh, but the cool thing was getting the car ready to, to race. And we, we tried to go to Brian one night, but uh, as I was telling Ron last couple weeks ago, that that was one of my memories. We had the car ready to go and Steve was pouring water into it. and He just kept pouring water into it. We couldn't figure out why it took so much water until we looked on the floor. And uh, that was the end of that car. So. Oops. So you never yeah. raced at Brian? No, I never got to. Uh, I did. Ron will tell you that I did get to uh, be a track employee at Brian one night. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. We, we were going to discuss that. I figured we would. I figured that would be in there. I mean, I've got my excuses ready. So. All right, well, let's... That, that was the night that I stood at the base of the flag stand. You did? I did. And where was he? Yes, he did. Where was he, Larry? He was, he was up in the flag stand. He was in the flag stand. Okay. I was, I was so in I was, the flag stand was, without, without radio communication. I want to put that caveat in there. So what? What? where did you start? I, I mean, was beating the racers you, the way that wanted to kill him. Did you start yeah, out? Yeah, and Ron actually, Ron actually handed me his Hoosier jacket to get out of there. So, <laughs> Did you start out racing, announcing... Writing. I actually I started out actually, you know, I was with the radio station in Fort Smith, Arkansas. And we had a track called Crawford County Speedway. And I'd been uh, going to the, another track in Oklahoma called Tri-State Speedway. A lot of asphalt guys came out of there. And uh, the radio station had a deal with those two tracks. And so I'd go over there and occasionally guest announce. But uh, then Tri-State, uh, they had a good announcer, and they had a good staff all the way. But the new owners came into Crawford County, and uh, I went up there, and I was one of two announcers. And then one night, the flagman, he was uh, the associate flagman, was expected. They had two flagmen. That's how ups- upscale they were. Ooh. But he was expecting to be able to race his equivalent of a bomber car that night, the 007 car. But the regular flagman didn't show up, so his car was there. And there were two announcers, but only one flagman. So the flagman said, why don't you go drive my race car? And so I went down and I drove his race car and I finished, I think I finished in the top five of five car race, but (laughs) that was, uh, so that was a pretty good experience. And that was my first time. Why wouldn't he have said, Hey, why don't you come up here in the flag stand so I can go race my car? Because he didn't know that I had the, uh, (laughs) you know, the, the capabilities, the latent capabilities of being a flagman. So he uh, he decided know, he wanted to be responsible. Did, did you? Yeah, they do now. It's it's out there. So now did, did 
were did you like this decision? Would you rather been in the car than on the flag stand? Oh, then? Clearly, I wouldn't. Uh, I, I yeah, yeah. I clearly would have loved to had the chance to get in this car and run around. It wasn't a competitive car, even without me. I mean, I have the ability to take a top running car and turn it into a tenth place car, but this time I just took a middle of the pack car and kept it there. So that was all that was. But the flagging didn't come along until the night. Uh, truth be told, I didn't volunteer to flag. I was volunteered. So, but then after that, then I got a chance to flag a couple of Hooters races. And then one night, two years ago here at Oakshade, the uh, flagman had an appendicitis attack and they put one of the safety guys in the flag stand and he didn't do very well. And that was one of the nights of which there were many back in 2019 where the PA system didn't work. And I had to announce races through a bullhorn. Well, they got uh, decided they were tired of that when they remembered that I did flag for Hooters. So they put me in an official shirt and I flagged seven features. So where was this at? At East Bay. East Bay. Okay. Yep. The other, I'm, ironically, the only other flagging I did for Hooters was in the state of Ohio. I flagged at Xenia and I flagged at the old Mansfield Motorsports Park. So when it was pavement? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Hooters ran pavement. So, yeah. Well, you said Mansfield. I didn't know which. I know. I know. It was it was dirt, then it was pavement. It's kind of like Ocala is down yeah. here. You just never know what it's going to be. <laughs> let's talk but about the, no. Let's talk about your time in uh, in this area in, in Northwest Ohio and surrounding area and and how did you get? Uh, you know, how did you end up here? Well, before we get too far into that, what is the statute of limitations on a few things? I got to get that squared away. <laughs> oh, yeah. I think so, it's, I think it's they're probably long expired by yeah, now. Okay, you're fine. Yeah, I would think so too. Yeah. It's been more than thirty some years, <laughs> but I came into the area with a job at the radio station in Toledo, and then I started going to Toledo Speedway and seeing the races there. And which station? Then uh, I started at WOHO out on Pickle Road. Okay. So yeah, that, yeah that's, a, that's where I started. That that's funny. That's where I started. Anymore. Yeah, it's not there anymore. <laughs> no, I know I, that. I, last I looked, it was bulldozers. So Don King I was, was there. Don King was the sports director and uh, brought yeah, me on until, board. Not the Don until King until he the went crazy to Seaway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and then he went to WCWA, right. and then I went to K100 and TOD, and it was at K100 and TOD that I got the chance to go out there because uh, Jack was Jack Pfeiffer was doing the announcing at both Oakshade and Toledo Speedway and Toledo Speedway had the rock concert coming in. So Jack couldn't announce at Oakshade. So he came to me one night in the stands at Toledo and said, would you be willing to announce at a dirt track? And I said, sure. And I, you know, proceeded to get lost out in the middle of Fulton County, <laughs> but eventually showed up at the dirt track and I did the job and uh, John Green liked me and he said, I'd like to keep you on. And I said, sure. Love to do that. And when they told Jack, Jack wasn't keen with that idea. So Jack was no longer the announcer out there. And then I got banned from Toledo speedway for that. And, uh, yeah, I actually got thrown out of there. I, I go, I was on a press pass cause I worked at the radio station and I went there with my son to watch races and security comes up and says, you're going to have to leave. And I said, well, I got a pest press pass and i showed it to him this is all about that and he took it away from me so i went back out to the parking lot and uh you know this is when sonny adams owned the track and i went back out to the parking lot and i paid my way back in and being the uh you know kind of person that i am i sat in the same seat so uh they came back and they got me again i said you can't touch me i paid my way in they handed me my money back and sent me out again so <laughs> we went home 
But, uh, you know, I guess uh, some people carry a grudge, but that's okay. I eventually got back in. But then I started working at uh, Oakshade, and we race on Saturday nights, and sometimes we race on Friday and Saturday nights. And I think I put about 10, 12 years in out there. Those were the good finally days. Finally, they got tired of me. Well, maybe for me they were. I was a lot younger then. I can <laughs> still remember the time that we're standing there, and uh, my son walked up to Tracy Grimes and said, only sissies wear yellow fire suits. And he swung at him, but the kid's only five years old. And I can remember sometimes talking there back in the Larry Annis days, and we're just sitting there talking racing. And I said, what's that over there? Well, that's the sun. The sun is coming up. So then I had to drive back, you know, to Toledo with sun coming up. So amazing. But, you know, just to answer your question, it's been a long time ago. But because of the radio station, because of the connection I had, with the uh, radio station down in Arkansas before I moved back to Ohio to be closer to family. And then I got involved with Oakshade and I just loved the place. I mean, I just loved the idea that it was, you know, down home. I mean, I loved the idea that a couple of weeks ago I paid a dollar for a hot dog, the same thing I'd pay four bucks for at East Bay. So, you know, it's just like, I can't believe it. You know, nobody down here will believe me. They'll think I'm making it up. I wanted to take a picture of the sign, but I didn't. Unless it's dollar hot dog night. Yeah, some places. Yeah, good luck with that. It's every so. every Saturday at Oakshade. It's Dollar Hot Dog Night. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so what what's this incident uh, that happened? You were how did you become flagger at, at uh, Brian and and what happened with with Ron here? I really like to you know shed the story, but I spent a lot of money with a therapist to get this memory <laughs> out of my mind. Maybe Ryan so, can help you remember then. Uh, yeah, I'm sure he can because he was the one who said, yeah, he can do it. I've never flagged a race in my life, but, you know, they had to have something other than they were going to cancel the races, I remember correctly. But again, I mean, it's just like I'm up there in the tower up there and trying to flag. And then, you know, there's no radio communication with him. And we got a flagman in the back straightaway who just threw the caution whenever he felt like it. And it was just like it was, you know, if it was comical, but it was dangerous. And, Larry you know, race, really. racing at Brian Speedway back then. Yeah. Was, yeah, that's, I mean, I, it was but a, it, I, then I it, certainly it, didn't help the situation. It was an event <laughs> so, in itself, man. Oh, yeah, trust me. I mean, and I went there for Enduros and was work when Pam was scoring them and things like that. But, but, you know, it's just like the idea that I really had, and it was obvious, I really had no business being at the flag stand that night. You know, I don't know what my other choices would have been, but... Uh, Man, honestly, I, I, I don't. I, I don't, rem- I don't remember no. what what brought all the drivers to the base of the flag stand. I'm I'm, I'm not sure, but um, fear of their lives. They were afraid <laughs> to go out on the racetrack anymore. You know, you know. As an announcer, I make a mistake. I mispronounce somebody's name. Somebody's feelings get hurt. But as a flagman, you make a mistake. You could be called a coroner. So, you know, it's just that's not a situation if you're not a very responsible person. And at my age, on my third marriage, I wasn't very responsible. So. So was that the only time that you, you flagged? I don't think at, it at was. Brian. At Brian. Oh, yeah, yeah, at Brian. Yeah. And then I flagged a couple times for Hooters races and then I flagged yeah. at East Bay. Right. But, you know, I just. Yeah. You asked me the only thing I haven't done. I haven't, I haven't won anything. But, you know, that's OK. Some people are meant to. Meant not to win. So speaking of, speaking of that, I thought there was a story uh, about the first the first race car that you bought, and you were all excited about it and oh, brought, it, yeah. brought it to Ron or something. And what what happened with that? 
Yeah, I mean, there was there was a racer at Oak Shade. He had a, a bomber car, and he just wasn't. He was going to buy a new car. He was going to get a new car. So he came up to the tower and announced that his car was for sale, and had me announce it. And I thought, hmm, you know, I always wanted to get one, and you know, maybe this, and you know, the, the wheels started turning, and the price and was so, so good. Oh yeah, the price. Yeah, considering what you got, I mean, but uh, so I managed to. Uh, get it for the price that I could afford. And he dropped it off on a Sunday the next day. And we took it to Ron Miller race cars back, back in the, in the days when it was on Lewis Avenue. And I, you know, so happy with this going to change its number. It was number 53. So I was going to become number 56 and we're going to change this and we're going to do that. But Ron took one look at it and I, I'm not going to steal your thunder, Ron, because you build race cars for a living and you know, good and bad. So how bad was this? Larry, it was beyond bad. You say, I know good and bad. This one was beyond bad. I handed Larry a hammer. I said, I want you to hit that bar right there. And he took a little girly swing at it, and it fell out. (laughs) So I pointed out some of the negative problems with the car and then i besides I, the driver besides the driver now now i i, I wheeled my torches out now now larry was you know he was a dj he didn't get his hands dirty no there's the mark still there <laughs> i brought my torches out i said larry i want you to cut out everything that you don't think looks safe now that we've discussed what was wrong with the car I came back out of well, an hour or so later, and there was no cage at all left, and and, and we we rebuilt it from there. So you did get to race it then? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Eventually, we did get to race it, and uh, we brought it in. We had a uh, when I was announcing it Fremont on Saturday nights, and Oakshade was doing Friday and Saturday. They used to be just a Friday only show, and then they did Friday and Saturday, and uh, then BC Good was one of the guys that helped me out back in the day and we painted the car up. We wanted to make it super Mario back in the day, but I sent a letter to Nintendo back when you, you know, had to send letters and asked for permission to use, you know, the, the licensed product. And they told me, no, there's your first mistake. So, you asked permission. There you go. You gotta ask yes. Forgiveness. I asked permission. <clears throat> yeah. I mean, obviously if it would have won, you know, a thousand features, I didn't want them coming after me, but uh, you know, and, and, so you, we and you were up, thinking that that was a possibility at that time, right? Oh, oh yeah. yeah, I was I was surrounded by a bunch of uh, my posse was convinced that I was the next, you know, Dale Earnhardt. So before there was a Dale Earnhardt, but, <laughs> you know, it's just the idea. But then we uh, put the Batman thing on it. We bought Batman shirts because Batman was hot. I didn't go after Batman. I was going to take my chances here. So we put the Batmobile together and uh, I rode inside Goody's van. As the car came down the road and Pam was at the pit shack and she said, whose car is that? I've never seen that car before. And then we pulled up and I swung open the door and stepped out. It's like, it's my car, you know? So <laughs> we raced it that night and yeah, we, you know, D feature, whatever. But just the first night I had a bad time because going into turn one, a car was spun around and I didn't have sense enough to uh, hit the brakes and steer at the same time. And I hit this kid head on. Turns out he was in the car. His dad had put him in there. But I'll tell you, I've never seen eyes get so big in my life as you <laughs> when you're approaching a car facing you. 
But I hit that. We bent the frame on it and fixed it up. You know, you get by with a little help from your friends. And we kept kept racing it. And eventually, I sold it to Dan Geiner at, uh, down in uh, White House. And Dan let me race it a few times. They painted it yellow and called it number 71. Brett Myers had it for a while. And Dan painted it this uh, god-awful teal green, seafoam green color with pink stripes. And he put it in the... <laughs> in the bank back there in turn two is I think is not there anymore. At least I didn't see it anymore. So, you know, we just, we just did that kind of messing around. And one time I bought a uh, enduro car, Ray Jackson's enduro car. We were over at Fremont. I told my then girlfriend, I said, keep an eye on that number 14 car. Well, that number 14 car went into turn one and got caught up in a big mess, got stuck in and made a quarter of a lap. And then at the end of the race, she said, why did I have to keep an eye on that 14 car? I said, cause I bought it before the race. <laughs> and so good. He ended up with that car, but you know, it's just like, you, you just have to, you have to do it. I mean, I read a thing today from one of the speed shops down here it just makes sense. And there's some guys that are, uh, you know, looking for something to do and they want to get into racing. And so they think they're going to start with the uh, crate, crate motor and they're going to get a 604 and they're going to go late model racing and they think that uh you know they can cobble stuff together and they can get by and they're going to win right away but you know they don't plan on how much money it costs to maintain one of these things not to mention the note to pay the thing off and you know so you've got to really have a plan i didn't have a plan i did not have a plan i just had a desire and uh you scott know, can relate yeah i, I don't mean, have a plan yeah. It's a no, my car thing. never looked as hey, my car never looked as good as that eight S did. My car never looked that good. <laughs> I, so. I had a lot of help. <clears throat> a lot That's of help. it. You get by with a little help yep. from your friends. That's what it is. That's now, why we're, you got great sponsors on here. Yeah. <laughs> were you uh, were you announcing it while you were racing as well, or was that yes different times? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Every now and again, when I would race, it would be a case of. Uh, you know, just the race would come on. It'd be my turn to race, and I'd come out of the out of the tower with my suit on and run down past the flag stand, go across because my car was able to park in the infield, and I'd get in it, buckle into it, try to catch the field. Terry Terry Hendricks was the flagman back then. He had zero patience for me. <laughs> he, Nothing's none changed whatsoever. Yeah, he had zero patience for me. And if I wasn't ready to go when he was ready to go, too bad. So I started a lot of races a half lap behind the field. So well, it was, I, uh, I, it was just trying to be fair to everyone. I think you should consider oh, yourself lucky. Was. Yeah. Lucky that you're only half a lap behind. Suppose yeah, they're still it. strapping in. Let, let's talk about a couple of the other hats you've worn, Larry. Uh, talk about Dirt Late Model Magazine. Talk about the monster trucks. Okay. Well, a Dirt Late Model Magazine, uh, when I went to uh, went to work for Dean Nardi at Trackside Magazine up in West Springfield, Mass., this was in the uh, early 90s, after doing a stint with Short Track Racing Magazine down in Georgia, and I went up there, and Dean was a big Dirt Late Model fan. He'd come to Pennsboro. In fact, I actually met him at Pennsboro for the Dirt Track World Championship, even though it was in uh, New England, and there were no dirt, dirt tracks up there right. at the time, not much. Except he had to go to New York, and then New York, man, there were some great dirt tracks with Lebanon Valley and Fonda, you know, just, uh, Middletown, Fonda, Canandaigua, all along that way. So Dean said he wanted to start a late model magazine, and I kind of was interested in late models because of my Oakshade days and being involved with UMP, and so we ended up starting Dirt Late Model Magazine, 
which ended up starting another magazine called Flat Out and started another magazine called Late Model Racer, which was uh, involved in the pavement late models. But we got started in the magazine business because uh, after short track racing, I jumped into the magazine side of things. And I stayed up there for a while until in 99, I got a chance to uh, take the helm of Stock Car Racing Magazine with Dick Bergeron, the company that bought the magazine. Dick didn't want to relocate from Massachusetts. He didn't want to move to Florida. I just uh, freshly had a change in my life and moving to Florida wouldn't be a bad thing. So in front of Ron actually helped me move to Florida now that I think about it. But uh, yeah, I brought my stuff down there. I owe you yeah. for that. Somehow, I thought, I thought you meant that he kind of pushed you out I, of the I area. Forgotten, he's like, that's okay. Need to get Larry out of here. That too. Yeah, there's <laughs> statute limitations on that as well. I got the money to make that move by selling two Dale Earnhardt holograph cards to uh, Bob Baumgartner. So, but we made the move down here to be a part of Short Track Racing Magazine, and that lasted for about a year. They were talking to moving it all back to Charlotte. I didn't want to go to Charlotte, so I got involved with the Mustang books and. And then the editor of Circle Track left, and they came and got me and said, we need you to edit Circle Track. So then I ended up as the editor of Circle Track magazine for a while until I left and got another offer and didn't uh, – I was late for work every day because they moved the office 45 miles away, and I had to drop the kid off at school, and then I had to be at work by 9 o'clock, and I could never make it with the traffic on Route 60 over here. I'd usually get there about 9.15, so I was constantly in trouble, so I had to find a job closer to home. And so I did and got involved with the company I work for today called Amos Press. And Amos actually got rid of me in 2016 when they sold the magazine, but they felt sorry for me when I got let go last year because of the uh, pandemic, and they hired me back. But uh, So I was doing all that. In 1997, uh, one of my writers from Dirt Late Model Magazine by the name of Chris Blair, he was... Uh, in Albany, New York, running a monster truck show. And he said, why don't you come on over and watch my show? So I came over and saw what was there. And he said, you know, as an announcer, you could do this show. And I thought, yeah, pretty good. How much? And he told me, it's like, oh, yeah, I can do that. I can do this. <laughs> yeah, I can do this. Yeah. And then so it's like we did a couple of sessions. I trained at Lebanon Valley and then Stafford in uh, Connecticut had a show. And then they put me in my first show in uh, the uh, – Nassau Coliseum on Long Island, New York, where the uh, Islanders play. And uh, so I did my show there, almost got hit by a truck the first day. And uh, just like, okay, rookie, you you know, you don't belong there. My fourth show I did in Roanoke, Virginia, we had a technical advisor and uh, Papa Speller. And he said, he told him, he said, this kid ain't going to make it. Well, I ended up doing 20 years. So because of Monster Jam, I was able to go to uh, to Barcelona, able to go to Brussels, able to go to Australia. Yay. Um, also went to Japan and, uh, let's see where all that's it in Canada, in a few places, but you know, I was able to see the world, but got to go be in a lot of stadiums and see a lot of historic things. And right now, um, I am a part-time employee of the company. They hired me back and I am the historian and statistician. As we're building our history, it's been in existence now for 30 years as Monster Jam. So I'm putting it all together and creating the database part time. And I got to have at least, you know, a couple of jobs because right now I've got my main job with Amos doing the as the associate editor of Coin World. I've got my uh, trivia gig where two nights a week I'm doing trivia at local restaurants. I've got East Bay that I do on Saturdays. 
uh, we're getting back into the racing now. We take the month of July off, um, you know, and I've got this thing with uh, with monster trucks. So, I mean, I just I got to keep busy. I love the I love every aspect of it. No chance. I'm totally of, blessed. No chance of seeing you with Monster Jam when they come to Toledo here in a couple of no, weeks. I I no, no, I, I gave up the announcing part in 2016. Yeah. That was it. Did you, yeah, but we that. could I use mean, a, a historian here. Yeah. And, did, yeah. Did, you yeah ever, no, I, did you ever record any of the commercials? The Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Well, they got away from that, but, oh. uh, you know, that was some of the lesser groups. Um, I did some TV shows on speed back in the day, but, uh, you know, most of the time I was, uh, you know, I was just the floor announcer. I was the guy who jacked up the crowd. And, you know, there were times when, like Raymond James, we got 62,000 people in there. And, you know, it's freaky to be standing down there on the floor and look up at the big screen and there's your your face smiling <laughs> back at them. You know, it's just like, good God, you better buy a new razor, you know? So <laughs> they're going to accentuate that. But monster trucks is just something I fell into and something that's been really really positive for me, made a lot of friends and learned a lot of things and never had to work on one. I did drive a couple of them, but not in competition. So really, would, would you like to? Yep. Oh, I wouldn't mind it. I mean, they take a beating in there. If I was younger, maybe just like I always wanted to ride a bull, but you know, not anymore. Cause I mean, not even mechanical, Yeah. but you know, the trucks, I mean, the perspective that you have up there, you can't see anything unless it's 10 feet in front of you. I bet. And, just like the way you you know you talk about driving off the hood, you really got to drive off the hood on something like that. But just the idea that the you know you're sitting in the middle like you would a an East Coast modified, and just you know the idea of doing something like that, it, it'd be fun. But I you know it'd be also a situation where I would totally thoroughly do poorly. So. <laughs> well, has, hasn't the monster truck thing kind of evolved? It used to be oh they just kind of go and crush cars, and now it's like hold they're almost like they're gymnasts or something doing flips and all this crazy stuff yeah back in the you know back in the start back in the bigfoot days with bob chandler it was just basically an exhibit that you uh, had put a car out there and it, it ran over top of it just crawling over top of it and then eventually they went side by side doing that kind of stuff and then somebody got the uh, idea of doing what they call freestyle where you had 90 seconds on the clock you do whatever you wanted to do well, in the meantime, they've worked on the suspension packages. Uh, we even had, back when I was w- working with Feld full-time, we developed a diesel engine that the Diesel Brothers out of Utah were using. So we had a diesel. I mean, the torque on those things are monsters. Oh, bad. So, yeah, I mean, it didn't. It wasn't so much about Everybody talks about the horsepower of a monster truck. It's 1,400, 1,500 horsepower. This thing, you had to really back off the horsepower and match up the torque. Because the torque that it had, you know, and the, them things spooling up, it was just, it was incredible to watch. But there's been a lot of safety developments here. There's been some, uh, some of the things that have been borrowed from other sources, but some of the things have actually been because of the extremity of the uh, competition. Some of the safety features have been developed in monster trucks that have been used in other forms of racing, other forms That's of cool. off-road racing, especially. So, uh, we got a question from uh, one of our listeners here. He wants to know if you flagged it. I'm not sure what something motorsport SG Motorsports Park in Georgia. Yeah, that's down in Cecil. That's South Georgia Motorsports okay. Park, and I uh, never got the chance to flag there. I announced the Hooters race there. I also went there on the drag strip on the other side. Uh, a company called Steeda had a Mustang event near Valdosta, and I went up there for that. But that, it was kind of a unique setup because they have the 
the track on one side, the roundy round track on the side toward the interstate. Then you have the uh, grandstands and the towers in there. And then on the further, I mean, the, the grandstand and towers are right between the two tracks. The other side has the drag strip, so you can literally walk, you know, a very short distance and see the other tracks. Sometimes, you know, during the Hooters race through the preliminaries, they'd have uh, like a tested tune going on the drag strip. So we just kind of, all right, nothing going on our track and just kind of turn and watch what was going on the other track. The motor a great track. The motorplex in Perth, Australia is very much like that. Never made it that far. Only yep. got as far as Adelaide. So Chris Mize asked that because he ran that track back in 07. Not, oh my God. Perth, okay. Georgia. Yeah. Yep. Blast from the past. Although it wouldn't yep. surprise me if he ran some track in yeah. Australia as well. Chris Mize is everywhere. <laughs> So uh, one last question before we uh, let you go here. I mean, what's uh, what is the the most fun you've had in in any of the different in areas? Motorsports. Yeah, in motorsports. You know, is it the writing, the racing, the flagging, the announcing, the monster trucks? Uh, you know, what is it and why? Well, I mean, they're all unique in their own separate ways. I mean, and, and just like in anything in life, it depends on the seat that you hold while you're looking at what you're holding. You know, looking through a windshield is a whole lot different than looking at them coming at you from a perspective of a flagman. And uh, as a writer and getting the chance to, you know, be a part of these magazines and having these relationships, with these drivers and having the capabilities to go talk to them. And, you know, some of the biggest names, you know, you, you talk to them and they know you by name. And it's just like when the, when the uh, Ford back in the early, right around 2000, when Ford decided to go with the Taurus, I was head editor of Stock Car Racing Magazine. And uh, one of the things I wanted to do was check with them. Jeremy Mayfield and, and Rusty Wallace were going to be driving these Tauruses. So I went ahead and I called the down there and, uh, hey, we're going to do a story on this. And I'd like to talk to somebody about that. Well, there's nobody available right now. Can we get your number and have somebody call you? Well, 5 o'clock comes and I'm getting ready to pack up. The phone rings and I pick it up. And I said, you know, Stock Car Racing goes, is this Larry? Yeah. Hey, Larry, Rusty Wallace, you got some time? And it's like, dude, Rusty Wallace just called me. I said, man, I appreciate you. I appreciate you calling me. He said, hey, man, there's only one editor of Stock Car Racing Magazine. There's 43 of us out there. So, you know, you're more special than I am. And it's like, no, keep it up. You know, you can be my PR guy. The only other thing I had, and it had to do with the Mustang side of things, is I got a phone call from my all-time racing hero. There was a Mustang that was developed, and uh, it was a special package. It wasn't much. You know, they didn't do much of the horsepower. It was mostly trim and that type of thing. It was called the A.J. Foyt Mustang. And uh, so they, we had one in come to town. I took pictures of it at the old USA International Speedway and with the PR guy and all that. We did a story on it in our Mustang book. And one day, um, just before I was getting ready to go to the golf course, the uh, phone rang, and... Uh, the secretary says, I have A.J. Foyt on line one. And just, even talking about it right now, my voice is shaking a little bit. <laughs> but it's just the idea that A.J. Foyt called me, and, and we talked probably 15 minutes. And, uh, you know, you can count on one hand the number of swear words you use, so I don't know if it was really A.J. <laughs> Foyt or not. So, But I believe it was. I really, you know, from all the interviews, I've, I mean, same voice, the whole works. And So those are the two biggest things in my life I can think of as far as what it goes. But I think, you know, the nice thing is the more you're involved in the sport, the more things are going to happen. 
and, you know, staying involved with East Bay until they'll close in a couple of years and just kind of keeping your, your head in it and watching the things. It's just like, it's been a great ride. I don't, I don't want it to end. I mean, I just, I hope that I'm seeing cross flags and not a checkered flag. Yeah. (laughs) That's right. The the, the East Bay, sorry to interrupt. I, I, do you remember hearing something about that that's shutting down in what four years now or something? Yeah. Uh, just a couple of years now. Couple years, okay. Twenty four. Twenty four is going to be the last year. Any plans so, on a replacement track in the uh, Tampa yeah. area? Uh, certainly, we've uh, there's been some discussion talk about it. There was a possibility of getting the Bradenton track, and there's you know there's a fair amount of land that's still you know agricultural that um, they have been talking about. It's not out of the it's not out of the possibilities, but it's getting pricier and pricier to even do sure. something like that. The company that's running the track, they've had the track since 2001. And some of the guys would kind of like to step back a little bit. So there may not be, it's going to have to be somebody else, but uh, you know, we're really starved for dirt in this area. And uh, you know, we got it on the, on the, over there with Putnam and Volusia and then on down in Clewiston and you know, it, it's there. But it's not in the number like, you know, places like Indiana and Ohio and, and all the places that we've seen. And it'll be, a, it'll be a sad day when it happens. I have talked to him about putting together a history book, but I don't know if we're going to be able to do that. But in the meantime, I'm just, uh, you know, when people complain about some of the things and the way they go. You know, three years from now, they're not going to have that opportunity. So we're just, we're just going to go out there every week, give it the best shot we can. Hey, Scott, I think it's time for Larry Jewett to put on his promoter's hat. Yeah. <laughs> Have you done that yet? Yes. And <laughs> How'd that go? Yes, I have. Um, here again. <laughs> In the best interest of, if, you know, if you can't say something nice about somebody, you don't say it at all. So, uh, no. Can we even I see have some where, t- where this Yes, was? Fin- it, it was Finley. So. Oh. Oh. Yeah. Oh, was that yeah. back in the era of the Ohio Oval Track Association days? or That would be it, yeah, back in those yep. days. Yeah, I was the I, president I, I, of that, too, now I remember. Yeah. <laughs> well, I tell you what, in 1990, my dad won the track championship out to Limeland Motorsports Park, uh, Bobby Keezer. Oh, yeah. he had raced at Oakshade in the, in, the, in the 80s, and that's where he had met you at. And I remember when he got the call about that banquet, he was so excited to come up and, and be able to, to talk to you and be a part of that. So. Oh, he was a great racer, man. Yeah, you bring back some good memories there. But no, uh, I was between jobs, and uh, I allowed myself to uh, take a position as a promoter. Here again, you know, not learning from my flagging experience, but uh, spent some time there, and then uh, I just couldn't do it anymore. I mean, it's the only job I've ever quit. Hmm. Everybody else quit me. This is the only job that I packed up the pace car one time, drove it up to the owner's place, said the keys are in it, I'm out of here. So I was gone. That's the only only job that I ever quit. Everything else was because somebody decided they didn't want me. So Dave Kemmer said you were the originator of uh, the, the car show, the race cars on display. I don't know that I, I was in, involved early. I don't know that I can take credit for it. A lot, Larry Reese is probably the guy who can take credit for it. So, well, well, Dave's given you credit, so I'll, congratulations. Yeah, well, thank you. Appreciate that. <laughs> It's still going, you see. So I couldn't have started it because well, of my flagging and my promoting capabilities. That thing wouldn't be around anymore. So it couldn't be. It, but it, thank you. I believe it's on hiatus. 
Okay. Well, yeah. until somebody takes things. it off. Well, you know, if you're looking for something to do after East Bay closes, you can come back and uh, resurrect that. Yeah. Oh, yeah, sure. Uh, yeah, you you sure. won't give up your announcing job, so I have something to do on the weekend, will you? <laughs> I'm sure. Then I can go racing full time. There you go. That's it. Better you than me. <laughs> well, I, I've actually won a race. I mean, I could say that at least. It was a B main, but I'm just saying. <laughs> Yeah, I get that. I, I totally get that. I, I'm, I'm fine with that. I'm fine with that. Okay. I, I, I haven't spoken with A.J. Foyt, though, although I did name my very first pet A.J. Foyt. My pet parakeet was named A.J. Foyt when I was a kid. Is that because the parakeet cussed like A.J.? Uh, maybe. I don't know. I just I was a big fan of A.J. Foyt when I was real little, and I had a burden. Why not call him A.J. Foyt? Why not? Yeah, that's what we got, so... There you go. <laughs> All right. Well, Larry. Oh, yeah. are, you, are you guys done with me? I'm going to go visit Bill Broderick. And, uh, uh, oh, you're, you're gonna, you got some business to take care of? <laughs> oh, my god. We should come back with a new hat. There you go. Yeah. No, I just had to get that in there after last week. That was one of the funniest things I heard all week. And it's just like, oh, my God, the joys of live programming. So. Yeah, so if you missed that, you can go check that out. Yeah, that, that's what I'm show. trying to do is steer some more traffic to that episode. See, so. And if you're not familiar with Bill Broderick, uh, he's the hat man, the, former, the NASCAR victory lane hat man uh, from what, 69 to 97, he said. Yeah, I, I, I thought it was – I thought he had, was doing that beyond 97. I didn't realize and, it. And you don't have to ago. go real far back into our archives to find that one. No, and you shouldn't he, have to. No, no, that's last week. And all 191 shows are there, right? Uh, yeah, well, I think there's a couple more because there's some without numbers. There's oh, some yeah. special shows that yeah. we did, mm. some best ofs. Oh, the and, show special. Yeah, it is something. It's organic. Organic, yes. Organic. Uh, and Bill, he's been in uh, um, a movie, Stroker Ace, and uh, there was another one. Have you been uh, in any movies? Is that something in your future, maybe? Look at this face. <laughs> it was on the big screen at the Monster yes, Truck thing. A- it was on the big screen, but there's a reason I went into radio. Yeah, me too. There you go. I understand. Well, <laughs> we appreciate the time. Uh, uh, if, if, do you get any other stories that uh, the statute of limitation runs out on? Let us know. We'll get you back on because I, I want to hear some more, especially about the promoting thing. Yeah, it was good seeing you all a couple weeks ago. And, it, uh, it was great, Larry. Oh, that's right. You were in town for the uh, Summer National Show. If you're ever in town uh, on a night where I'm announcing, which is every other every night other than the Summer National Show, let me know. We can put you back up in the booth. And, and something real interesting. Or on the flag stand or in my race car, whatever, you know? Something real interesting, no, Larry. two out of three are bad. If, if you ever get back in another race car, our program has a really good track record on allowing the racer – to win their next race. Our so, guests, if, yeah. so, yep, our guests uh, ha- have real great track records. So if you ever get back in another race car, you're going to win that night, first night. I'm going to check my fortune cookie that I get tonight. <laughs> there you go, buddy. Say, but I don't, uh, I don't know that I, uh, you know, I, I don't want to kill your streak here. So I think I'll, uh, I'll, I'll decline your invitation, but thank you. Find a ride. That. It's, it's not. Yeah. It's not really an invitation. It's more of just a. a it is. Yeah, it, it just a works. Suggestion. It's yeah. An, it in. It's. It's an is. Yeah. Just go with it. All right, Larry. It's been great talking <laughs> with you, buddy. I appreciate the opportunity. Glad to catch up anytime. And uh, you guys do a great job here. And uh, 
I do listen on occasion from down in Florida when I'm not doing trivia or whatever the case may be, but it's, it's great. Appreciate what you do. All so right. keep up the good work. And is this is where I hit leave? Uh, well, or, I can, uh, I, I can hit you, remove. You make me leave. I can make you, yeah, you put you back in the green room and then you can go on your own. So, so now you see me now you don't. All right. See you, Larry. See you, Larry. See ya. There you go. The legendary Larry Jewett. Yes. You're big. Yeah. Jerry, now yeah. you're smaller. Um, some discussions uh, in the, the comments while we were talking to Larry there about Millstream. Um, <laughs> so I will address uh, some of the, the questions. I don't know. That's, Absolute, my, that's my answer. Absolutely don't know. Don't know. All I, can, all I do know is that, uh, uh, that last time I spoke with anybody that there has not been progress – uh, on, I heard they've been working on the back gate. Have you? Okay. So yeah, I, I don't, honestly, I don't, I don't know. I hope so. I've kind of, honestly, I've, I don't. And Chris Mize keeps popping in there. Yeah, and, Chris and, Mize. And there's some things that he's, but he's, he's a big thing. He's got, his mind works in weird ways. He's got all these ideas. And I know some of them include things that I'm not going to say because I'm not sure I'm allowed to. You know, but, I, I'm but, sure that Chris Mize closes his eyes at night, but his mind never stops. Yeah. He's like, I'm going to do this and that and this. And uh, and remember the Dirty 30? There could be something like that happening. Something. I don't know. Not I'm not saying at Millstream. I don't know. It could be Sandusky. He's got ideas. He has ideas. And uh, speaking of Sandusky Speedway, uh, he was at Oakshade a, a couple weeks ago. He was, or no? Was it this? It was this past weekend. Yeah, as a matter of fact, and because uh, uh, Sandusky had the uh, the week off after the High Miler weekend, and uh, we're going to be uh, hold my beer. <laughs> we're going to be uh, we're going to be uh, giving away a four pack of uh, tickets to the Cavalcade. Uh, I'm going to wait a little closer to uh, the Cavalcade time, and because that's uh, coming up in October at Sandusky. So uh, yeah. He's got some ideas of some other. He likes to do he innovative things. things. Yeah, different things. Things that uh, we, we were talking about. Chris Mize at Shady Bowl Saturday as well. Oh so, boy! Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so so Chris def- definitely has a, a reputation of of, of uh, keeping that mind going all the time. Yeah, I, I mean, and if another track uh, was available for him to run a race at, be it in uh, Hancock County. I mean, who knows? Why not? You know, I don't know. I'm not privy to, I don't know if there's been any conversations there or anything, but, I mean, that would be cool. <laughs> I would go. Um, I'm sure some other people would, too. But, uh, honestly, I've I've kind of crossed it off of my schedule as far as, because uh, I was planning on taking the bomber down there to, to race on the, the Sundays they had the, the Strucks, the Strucks class. Right. But, uh just because, I mean, there's, I haven't heard any any new news or anything, and it's getting pretty late in the season. Uh, you know, I, I'm not planning anything to go there. But with that being said, you know, things can happen. I mean, there could be something scheduled there at some point, which would be cool, and it would be a surprise to me. And as soon as we find out about it, we'd let you know. But um, We, we yeah. would hope that we would be the first to yeah, let you know. Yeah. Oh, and we hope that we would be the first to let you know, and then something actually happened. Yeah. As opposed to, uh, yeah. So, but I mean, stuff happens. And 
and to, to Scott Warner's credit, I mean, his intent was to get some racing going there, and he was actually he spent lots of time and effort to uh, to make that happen, and fortunately, it, it just uh, didn't pan out. So yeah, there you go. I mean, yeah, I mean, it still it still could happen. It's just kind of in limbo. Wait and see. Yes, limbo, limbo sucks. Do the limbo. Uh, some racing news before we get to uh, this week's how many. Um, in uh, May uh, 2021, NASCAR dropped a year-long, year-long policy of uh, having to wear masks if uh, you went to a NASCAR race. This weekend, NASCAR uh, returns to Watkins Glen International, and uh, they are going to reinstate the mask policy with the outbreak of the Delta variant. That's going to be for uh, the Cup, the Xfinity, and the Truck Series. Uh they're going to reinstate the mask policy ahead of the race weekend. Uh, oh, I don't know. Yeah. Oh, ahead of the race weekend, NASCAR sent out a memo to teams reinstating the once uh, former policy beginning with this weekend. Uh, NASCAR will require that all personnel wear face masks uh, in enclosed areas at all times, regardless of vaccination status. Enclosed areas include haulers as well as buildings, including the media center, restrooms, the infield care center, race control, and suites. Uh, this update to the event operations protocols being implemented on the advice of NASCAR's consulting physicians and recently issued uh, medical guidance. Masks are not required when outdoors at NASCAR events, provided individuals refrain from sustained close contact. So I think that uh, I'm not sure about the fans. I think the fans. They're outside. They're out, but what if they go to the, the restroom? Yeah, whatever. Uh, if you're going to the race, you may want to check. Stuff a mask in your pocket. I don't know. Whatever. Uh, moving on. The uh, the Rev, a uh, 3.8 dirt uh, track in Monroe, Louisiana, banned a crate late model driver for the rest of the season. Uh, Lance Carroll had spun out Greg Armstrong on a restart. Either of you guys see this video? I did not. It was set to uh, Benny Hill music. <laughs> it, was, uh, it was pretty comical. Basically, uh, there was a restart, and uh, their crate late models, Lance Carroll spun uh, Greg Armstrong got into his uh, left rear quarter panel, turned him around, uh, so he's facing the wrong way. Yellow flag comes out. Uh, Carroll decides to, uh, I'm sorry, uh, Armstrong decides to uh, try to retaliate, drives around the track in the opposite direction, and uh, came to meet Carroll on the backstretch and missed. So then he swung through the infield to try and get him on the front stretch, and as soon as he got to the front stretch, Carroll turned left into the infield to avoid him. And then finally, Armstrong was corralled on the backstretch again after going the wrong direction. And the whole thing is kind of sped up and set to Benny Hill music, and it's uh, pretty comical, <laughs> but didn't end up well for Armstrong. He's been uh, banned for the rest of the season. Um, and uh, Seems like we've seen a lot of that, there's, Scott. Yeah, really. Yeah. I, just, I don't know. Uh, people are just, I don't That takes the fun out of racing. I mean... I mean, yeah, I get mad when, when things happen, but uh, for the most part, I, you know, I try not to take it too seriously. I'm not going to go driving around the track just because I'm pissed off at somebody that spun me out. Well, I mean, we've seen cars not. rolled over because of on-track anger. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Maybe, maybe anger management classes should be mandatory for these Ooh. kind of incidents. You have to pass a ma- anger management course before you're allowed back at the track. Chris, Where do you draw the line for the incident that requires? That, that if you use your car as a weapon, if you're going to use your car that as a weapon, 
I agree with that. Okay. 100%. Yeah, Chris Myers. What about is, throwing is, the is helmet or throwing the the steering wheel? At somebody or just in anger? At the at a Oh, at a car that's know, going by. The car, yeah. Um I don't, I'm I'm going to leave that up to the promoter at that. How, point. how about punching somebody <laughs> in the helmet? Mandatory for race to directors too. Yeah. That's Christmas. a mandatory cast for your right hand. Yeah, I mean, sounds it, like to me. <laughs> well, there was that guy that uh, a few weeks ago went and retaliated. He was out of his car and he went to kick the car and a, what broke his leg or yeah. ankle or something. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, broke his ankle. I mean, I mean that right Sorry there. That's your like idea in the comments. What's that? Mud wrestling ring, Mud wrestling in, the ring infield. in the infield. I don't know that I'd want to see that. Only if it's a powder puff. An incident during a powder puff. All right, we're moving on now. Uh, Ross Chastain <laughs> was uh, going to run the NASCAR truck race at Watkins Glen this weekend, but uh, he later found out Cup Series drivers are not allowed to run in the final eight races of the NASCAR truck regular season. It was also announced uh, that Chastain will move uh, over to Trackhouse Racing. In 2022, he will join Daniel Suarez as a teammate for what will become a two-car team. Uh, Trackhouse Racing bought uh, Ganassi Racing, so uh, I guess I think that leaves Kurt Busch without a ride, but rumor has it he's going to be moving to a second team with 2311, right. the, yeah. the Denny Hamlin and uh, Michael <laughs> Jordan team. So, um, Speaking of the ARCA race, the Calypso thing, the Calypso ride at Cedar Point, that's kind of what I think of. Anyways, Daniel Dye suffered a uh, concussion. This was a retaliation kind of thing, or at least it is interpreted. I, it's one of those things. I don't know. Uh, but anyways, Daniel Dye, he suffered a con- uh, concussion after getting turned into the wall by Taylor Gray while battling for the third position in the Ark Menards race at Winchester. The uh, drivers, uh, both drivers' fathers had a little discussion and hand gestures on pit road after the incident, too, I guess. Little so. league. <laughs> Little League dads. Yes. Oh, here we go. Your kid hit my head. Uh, World of Outlaw Driver. Big news here. Uh, I'm sure most of you have uh, probably heard uh, about this by now. Aaron Reitzel. He's been suspended 30 days. Right. Uh, and fined $10,000 for an attempt to circumvent the sanctioning body's inspection process. A uh, World of Outlaw statement said, uh, quote, suspicious peculiar. Let me start right. Suspicious, Suspicious. Peculiar, peculiarities. Now I don't feel so bad. <laughs> um, all right, last one. With the chassis and uh, paint, and that the chassis inspection sticker uh, appeared to have been tampered with, unquote, was uh, this was, uh, I guess they found all this uh, during the inspection Saturday night at uh, Weed Sport Speedway. Right, so, and this is the part that, uh, this is a pri- that boggles my mind. He, is that the night he won? Did he win at Weedsport? He won the night before, right? I think he won the night before, but uh, he admitted yeah, to taking a white chassis, which he knew had previously been disallowed for undersized tubing, painted it black, and removed the inspection sticker from a different legal chassis. Ooh. So he admitted to doing this. <laughs> like, well. Why? Which leads me to a bunch of questions. Number one, if you did that and you knew it was wrong, why would you admit to it? And number two, why would you do that? Maybe he didn't feel that it was unsafe and tech inspectors. I don't know. I don't know. Um, I have so many questions because of that. But uh, in any case, uh, Reitzel, uh, you know, big name there, is uh, suspended for 30 days from uh, World of Outlaw competition. 
Uh, bad crash at Butler Motor Speedway this past weekend sent a couple of street stock drivers, uh, Tim Bennett and Josh Allerding, uh, to the hospital. Did you guys uh, see any of that or hear about that? I, guess I heard they, about it. And, uh, I know they uh, cut at least they, one they, of the drivers they out. They flighted him out. Yeah, one went in he got uh, a helicopter ride, and the other driver went in an ambulance. ambulance. Yeah. Uh, Tim Bennett, uh, the only one I have an update on the condition of uh, was uh, Tim Bennett. He suffered a concussion and uh, possibly a fractured wrist. Um, and he was the one that left in the helicopter. Yeah, I believe so. He was the more more serious thing, and uh, he had the, the, the one the numbness. De- the one they deemed more serious yeah. at the time. Yeah, and I guess he still had a, a little bit of numbness in his one side, but he had right. lost some feeling at right. some point. But most of it had come back, from what I read. So, yeah, crazy stuff. There. Going back to the Aaron Reitzel stuff, uh, there was a post from Triple X Race Components who, who built the chassis for Aaron Reitzel, which the uh, they the, put out a stick. the the one he painted. Yes, the one that was failed. Okay. Um, this is uh, some context on the, the from Triple X's perspective on the press release. Uh, it's a, not a commentary on the events of the night in question that led up the, or what you know why it happened. But the chassis was manufactured in 2011. The chassis was 100% legal when built 10 years ago. It has passed Word About Law Tech five times. It was recently sandblasted and repowder coated, in addition to multiple times in the past. So. You know, and obviously they're taking Triple X is taking a proactive stand there to to show that they, you know, knew knew about the chassis beforehand, that it was legal before whatever they you know rights on them did to change it. Well, if you're taking a sticker from a legal car and putting it on to another car, I mean that's that the intent there is less than honorable, I would think. Will rights will be appealing any of this? Well, he admitted to it, so that I, I have not he, heard. What's yet. he going to appeal? Uh, the length this, of the suspension. suspension. All right, all right, all right. I don't know. I mean, I mean, are the Knoxville Nationals are not uh, sanctioned, so I, I don't. I mean, are yeah. they going to run the Nationals? I mean, that's that was kind of my question. I don't know. Moving on, twenty-year-old uh, Haley Deegan is eyeing a NASCAR Xfinity Series debut in twenty twenty-two. Uh, she would uh, like to run a few races in the Xfinity Series next year while also continuing to compete full-time in the Truck Series. Uh, she also may return uh, to the SRX Series again next year. She did pretty uh, pretty well in that. So, But uh, some people are saying that, the, that they're kind of moving her up too fast and you know she hasn't really proved anything in the Truck Series yet. But she is running for uh, Rookie of the Year this year. Were you going to say something, Jerry? Uh, Dave Kemmer mentioned in the comments that, that uh, Reitzel did get fired from oh. the 83 car. I know Parker Price Miller is piloting it for the Knoxville Nationals. I did read that earlier. Uh, and, and, in fact, the Nationals are outlaw sanctioned. So even if he did, you know, unless he was able to you know, uh, appeal and get that suspension reduced, he, he would not be able to participate. So, All right, let's take a, a look at our uh, Twitter poll results from – um, well, I just posted it last night, so it hasn't been up uh, too long. Uh, how many miles uh, would you, how far would you be willing to travel weekly to your local short track? This is both for either uh, drivers and uh, or race fans. And uh, less than 20 miles, 11%, 11.8% uh, got the, the vote there. 20 to 50 miles, that's uh, the majority there. Right. And I think, uh, that's a, I guess I fall into that uh, yeah. with, with Oakshade and... Uh, yep. And uh, Millstream's probably on the, the higher end of that. And but, Sandusky. 
Sandusky, yeah. How far is Sandusky from here? Yeah, about it's about an hour or so. Yeah, okay. it might uh, might be just outside that fifty yeah. mile window. Not too far off is uh, fifty to one hundred miles, thirty five point three percent, and uh, hundred plus eleven point eight percent. Wow! And I think that a lot of the racers, I think, would probably be the ones that uh, would drive more. Right. I, I forgot to share the screen, didn't I? I'm over there reading it. Mm-hmm. <coughs> there we go. There you go. There's the results. Make sure to follow us. Uh, I, on Twitter at Hammer Report. No. Scott, before we move on real far, we need to talk about uh, losing a racer uh, in his battle to cancer. Was that Larry? Good, good friend Larry Scott. I did um, not realize uh, that was how he passed away. I just heard yeah. that he had passed away. Yeah, yeah. He'd been battling for quite a while, kind of a downward spiral. And uh, I, I've known the Scott family for a long time. I raced for Larry's brother. Um, was very close to Larry when he first got started. So I remember yeah. watching Larry Scott when I was a kid. Ran a late model. Thank you. Oh, and uh, and actually, it's a funny story. I was working when I was working at uh, Cumulus years ago. Right. We had a new sales manager they hired. His name was Larry Scott. Uh huh. And I hadn't met Larry Scott before. I just you know saw his race car, and I was like, I wonder if this is the same Larry Scott. Ooh. So I went out and asked him. I was like, Have you ever raced? Like no, and I was like, "Son of a bitch!" I'm so I was so disappointed. It wasn't the wasn't the same Larry Scott. So yeah, I guess uh, I didn't realize he had cancer though. So, yeah, sad story there. Sad news. Um, and now we transition from that. I feel like uh, the, you ever hear that Casey Kasem clip where uh, it's a long distance dedication, and he's he starts complaining. It was like never aired. It was just a behind the scenes thing. He's like all mad because he's got to go from a. a uh, dead dog dedication thing to back to an upbeat song or something. He's like, so how am I supposed to go from talking about a dead dog to look it up? That's another thing you can Google after yes, the show. Yes, Harley, there, Harley White hammer some... Harley White hammer down uh, racing report. Uh, make notes of these things. You need to to Google that. You also need to Google the uh, um, that uh, the Rev with uh, the many hill music. I believe uh, there's it's on Twitter. It might be, but uh, there's that um, fun stuff. Carol and Armstrong; those are the guys' last yeah. names. And then, uh, and then uh, this, yeah, the thing we were just talking about. That's it. Okay, moving along. <laughs> <laughs> nice transition, yeah, Scott. Yeah, I know. Yeah, the Casey Kasem thing. Casey That's Kasem. It. Yeah, not not the Larry Scott thing. The Casey Kasem thing. Uh, Ron Miller race cars. Thank you for uh, being such a wonderful sponsor, <laughs> giving us a, a, a studio here. Uh, 734-856-7223. I call him the uh, race car doctor because uh, my found I found a, a wound in uh, my yeah. car from this past weekend that was in the chassis. So, a physical uh, deficiency. So I called the doctor at uh, 734-856-7223, and uh, I made an appointment to, uh, to bring the car in for him to have a look at it, and he's going to do some surgery tomorrow, so... So there you yeah, go. We're just going to stitch her up. It's yeah. no big deal. So if you need that kind of service or race car parts, safety equipment, give uh, Ron Miller Race Cars a call. Uh, and now, how many? Ooh, how many? Yeah. Last week's how many was how many fast 410s, GLS 360 sprints and uh, at Fremont on Saturday night, and how many hat changes did Jerry make during the show last week? As we did talk to the hat man in honor of him. That number totaled up to... 
I think there was 18, yeah, 18 fast sprints, 25 of the GLSS, and 11 hats, and that adds up to 52. No, I think it was 50. Oh, there it is, 54, yes. I guessed 52. 54 is the total. Probably should have bolded that a little bit better there. 54 was uh, the total number. I was uh, the, the show winner. I guess 52, I was closest there. Uh, Joshua Shanauer was uh, our closest uh, listener. He guessed uh, 55, so just one off. So, Congratulations. You get a Big D's pizza. Uh, get with me or uh, Dean Henry, and uh, he'll hook you up with a Big D's pizza out there in Clyde. This week's How Many, we've been kind of going for uh, special event numbers. Yeah. Crazy things. I, I figure let's, uh, let's do something simple this time. Really? Yeah, something something a little different. How many bombers at Oakshade this weekend? Simple. Ooh, yeah. nothing simple about that. It, it, it varies sometimes. Th- that car count's been all over the board. I'm going to go with 45. I'm just left with the ink of my pen. <laughs> oh, rest geez. of it fell apart. <laughs> so I got 45. What, uh, what do you guys got? Go ahead, Jer. 42. Okay. 39. Ooh, you're going low. <laughs> Do you know something? You guys are squeezing me. Are you going to break my car so I can't race this weekend? No, no, no. Keep that number down? I'll bring the RK1 up. Drop it off. All right. If uh, <laughs> if you'd like to play along for a chance to win a Big D's pizza, go ahead and put your guess in the comments of our uh, Facebook Live or our YouTube Live, either one, and uh, whoever is closest will get a Big D's pizza. And if we have a tie, we'll spin the Big D's pizza wheel to determine. I'm, I'm looking in the comments here, and I see that we're going to have to get Jackie up to Oakshade and introduce her to the Bombers at Oakshade Raceway. Okay, Aren't she you? only guessed 21. Well, before we get to the uh, Big D's pizza racing menu, um, you got a, a thing coming up this weekend, don't you? You're making uh, some kind of Something, you you make the announcement. Well, this Saturday night at Shady Bull Speedway, it's kids' night. Got a lot of great giveaways going on for kids. Uh, uh, school supplies, book bags, penny scramble, big wheel races, not only for the kids, three different age brackets, but we're also going to have some of the drivers get on a big wheel and race from the backstretch around to the start-finish line. Which no, is thank you. Be... Yeah. <laughs> I'm not involved in that. However... I will be making my pavement racing debut Saturday at Shady Bowl, pulling the uh, Scott Hammer card, running double duty. Not only will I be announcing, but I'll also be jumping behind the wheel of the X-Factor Motorsports number 99X Compact. Uh, going to be fun fun for me to jump in there and, and see what I can do against some of the, the great talent that's at Shady Bowl Speedway. Uh, so if you're not headed to Oakshade, come down and see me at Shady Bowl. Either way, get to your local track. Get your backside track. Are you going to get a top five finish in the and finish fifth out of five cars? I may get a top five finish if I'm in the last chance race or a B main. I understand uh, that this I, is Jerry's debut in I pavement so. racing. Yeah. Yes, my first ever pavement race. My first time on a racetrack in a front wheel drive car in in, in an official capacity. Ooh, I've been. I just had an idea. On a, not to steal your thunder, I just had an idea. We need to have a promoter's race. Ooh, that would be fun. I want to see Chris Mize take on Pam. Taking or Chrissy. On, 
Or Chrissy. Both. Both of them should be in it. We need to get the promoter. Scott Schultz. Larry. Larry Bowes. Larry, I'm okay. telling you, I'm taking Larry Bowes over anybody. Scott I'm Warner. All my money's on Larry. Yeah. Greg Rowe. <laughs> Give Greg, Greg in there. Yeah. I don't know. Just throwing that out there. It's an idea. <laughs> it could be a traveling series once at everyone's track. <laughs> it's like a movie. The Promoters. So do we get to get Tony Bieber involved since he promotes Big no. D Speedway for the Fall Classic? No. Or is he a ringer? No. <laughs> uh, got a note here uh, from uh, Chris Mize. Uh, another sad news: uh, Pat Booth, longtime safety worker for uh, Sandusky, oh. many series passed away today as well. It's be a bad day or something. Yeah. Uh, let's uh, look ahead to the weekend. Uh, we got some uh, racing coming up. Uh, the Big D's Pizza Racing Menu tomorrow night, Lima Land Motorsports Park. It is the 2021 Awards Celebration Night, King of the Quarter Mile. King of the Quarter Mile Invitationals. Uh, I'm sorry, King of the Quarter Mile Invitationals for the NRA Sprints, Modifieds, Thunderstocks, uh, Pit Gates, open at four, grandstands at uh, five, racing at seven, general missions $15. What exactly, what is the King of the Quarter Mile? What is the procedure? What 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 does that entail? The King of the Quarter Mile races at Limeland have always been the uh, feature winners from the current year. And then... Uh, is that they, the, they, is they, that the they, Invitational then? No, no, the Invitational was actually a separate race. Okay. It's actually one last chance for each class to lock another driver in. To get into the King so, of the Quarter Mile. Right, and if gotcha. we don't have, I, I, I want to say it's six. We have, It's a minimum of six cars involved, so if we don't have six, we'll take the you know the leader in the points, second place in gotcha, points, gotcha. we doesn't have a win, and and fill the uh, field, and it'll be a basically a 10-lap race. That's so uh, typically $3,000 for the NRA Sprints, 2000 for the Modified, 1000 to win for the stock cars. Uh, just a good way to, you know, end out the season. But the way tomorrow will work, we will uh, open the gates. We'll do our invitational races first. Then we'll do the awards banquet right on the front straightaway in front of the fans. Um, give out all the season awards monies and all that good stuff. And then the drivers will head back over. We'll run the king of the quarter mile races. And then all the fans are invited over to the pits immediately after the king of the quarter miles where we have our pit party presented by the Ohio State Beauty Academy and Lock 16. We'll have food and drink free of charges, all included in your general admission. Uh, come over, hang out with the drivers, hang out with the, the uh, all the crew at Lima Lane Motorsports Park and help us celebrate a 2021 20, season, returning back to the track. Very nice. So there's three kings of the quarter mile then. That's correct. Three three kings with, could be a queen. Remember. Oh, oh that's true. Harley, yes. yeah. Harley is locked but into you, the NRA. Would the title be changed if she wins? The sign still says King of the Quarter Mile, but if she wins, I'll announce her as Queen. Okay. That's no problem. Yep. And there's yeah, a good possibility of that. Yeah, she has definitely taken a liking to Limeland Motorsports Park. Definitely fits her driving style. Uh, Going to be interesting to see how she does tomorrow because we don't have I, – I I'll have to double-check with NRA officials. I don't know if they'll go by the, all of the feature wins for the NRA from other tracks too or if it's just, just Limeland. But if they have to go fall back on points, Randy Hannigan's up in the points. Jared Horseman's up in the points. Those guys get locked in, and you're going to, you know, it's anybody's race. You're going to have some very, very tough competition, whether it be six, eight, you know, depending on how many cars that end up in it, for 10 laps going for 3,000 to win. That's going to be a pretty wild sounds, race. Yeah, that sounds like. Uh, how do they determine the uh, race lineup, Jerry? I, it is a random. Random pill draw. Okay. 
Hmm. They don't. Yep, no qualifying, just a pill draw for starting positions. So you could have somebody up front. In fact, going back, we talked about Andy Welch getting his first ever regular season win in the Bud Thunderstocks. He locked himself into the King of the Quarter Mile a couple of years ago by winning the Invitational. So he has won at Lima Land before, but not. So this last, you know, tomorrow is the last chance to get locked into the King of the Quarter Mile to try to steal that money. And you've got guys in the stock cars that have been previous kings that aren't even locked in yet that could you know, definitely make their way into the invitation. Their reign is over. <laughs> well, it's Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones tomorrow was, night at uh, Lima Land. Yeah, they had a two-year reign because everybody from 2019 <laughs> oh, right. yeah. never got dethroned last year. So Wow. It's time to bring some dragons in and breathe some fire. A couple things. I did one other thing that we didn't mention in the racing roundup. Tony Anderson collected another Bud Thunderstock championship. Uh, it's his 12th or 13th of his career. I have to double-check my notes. Uh, Todd Sherman wrapped up the UMP Modified. Those two are the winningest drivers in Lima Land history feature-wise. So they, I look for those two over the course of the next couple of years to uh, really be at each other's throats to try to be on top of that because it's within two races for being the winningest driver. So wow. very cool. And, and Terry Hole out of uh, Columbia City, Indiana, yep. made his return to modified racing last Friday night after he had, dealing with a cancer battle and being out of the car for a few years. Tell you what, looked like he didn't miss a step. He was coming from the back of the field and was up to, uh, I want to say he finished sixth. So very fun to watch Terry back on the track. Nice. All right. Uh, also, tomorrow night, uh, Friday night, Eldora Speedway in action. It's the Compacts Clash, the Sport Compact Dirt Racing Association, and the Vores Compact Touring Series uh, practice and heat races. Gates open at uh, 5, racing at 7.30. General Missions, $10. Uh, Attica Raceway Park in action with the uh, Kier Speed Shop Night, uh, True Value Alpha Wealth Management Night, featuring 410s, uh, Sprints, uh, Late Miles, 305s, 1,000 to win for the uh, 305s. Gates open at Five racing at 7.45. Is that right? Don't they have the... Sounds right. Or did I leave that on from last week? They had AFCS last week, didn't they? Yes. Because I know they're taking a break for the fair coming up soon. Right. But, they uh, got the fair coming yeah. up. Yeah. No, that's That looks right to me. All right. I just want to make sure I didn't leave that on from last week. So, yeah. Attica Raceway Park tomorrow night. Uh, gates open at 5 racing, 7.45. General Mission, 18 bucks. Oakshade Raceway. Uh, full show, late model sportsman bombers, compacts. This is Saturday night now. We got a, a lot of tracks running on Saturday. Gates open at four at Oakshade Racing at seven. General emissions fourteen dollars there. Flat Rock Speedway in action with R and M Recycling Nights, featuring the Outlaw Super Late Model Street Stocks, Late Model Sportsman, and a Kids Power Wheels Derby. Not a demo derby, just a derby. That starts at six thirty. Uh, gates open at five. Racing will start at seven, and uh, tickets are fifteen bucks there. Shady Bowl. In action, kids' night and everything uh, Jerry talked about earlier, late mile street stacks, modified thunder cars, tuners, Crown Vicks, compacts. Grandstands open at 4, racing at 7? Yes, yep, yep. Uh, pr- uh, practice will start at 4, and then they'll race at 7. And there's going to be a lot of stuff going on, so I wouldn't hold us to that 7 o'clock deadline just because we got all the kids' kids' night stuff going on. I'm sure we're going to be running into that a little bit. Do you know uh, general admission uh, price for tomorrow? $15 for adults. 15. Okay. Uh, the kids uh, eight eight to sixteen or ten dollars, and then kids seven and under are free. Uh, Attica is not running this weekend. Yeah, see, I thought that was wrong. All right, never mind the Attica thing. <laughs> Some idiot come to Limeland instead. Some idiot forgot to take that off his notes from last week. I'm 
makes a lot of noise. <laughs> All right. So no Attica tomorrow night. So you got Eldora and Lima Land tomorrow night. Saturday night, Oakshade, Flat Rock, Shady Bull. Fremont Speedway, also in action. Uh, it's the all-pro cylinder heads night with the AFCS uh, 410s, 4,000 to win there. The FCS 305s, 1,200 to win for those guys. And the dirt trucks back in action. They, they had last week off, uh, did they not? Yeah, because yeah. they had the GLS and Fast uh, guys. Uh, so dirt trucks back in action Saturday night at Fremont. Gates open at four, racing at seven. General Mission, 15 bucks there. And then uh, Sunday, August 8th, is uh, Vintage American uh, Race Cars competing. Johnny Oxter Day event there. Uh, Saturday is uh, still uh, Sandusky Speedway's back in action after taking last week off. Pure Stocks, Renegades, Beginner Stocks. Gates open at four, racing at seven. General Mission, just $5. Montpelier Motor Speedway. UMP Modifieds, USAC, Midwest, Thunder Midgets, Super Stocks, and Compacts. Gates open at five, racing at 7.30. General Mission is uh, 15 bucks there uh, Saturday night. And then finally, another choice on Saturday. A lot of places you can choose from. Uh, on Saturday, Eldora. It's the uh, family fireworks night uh, featuring UMP Modifieds, Eldora Stocks, and the Vores Compact Touring Series. Gates open at 5, racing at 7.30. General admission is 10 bucks. Real yeah. quick, Scott, uh, several of our local racers are going to be heading up to Merritt Speedway this weekend uh, with their late models. It's Wood Tick weekend. Big, is uh, it that this, this yeah. weekend? Okay. Yeah, I think it's 10 grand to win. I thought I saw like thirty some oh, thousand. Yeah, total. It's, it, it's pretty crazy. Whatever it is, but yeah, and uh, good luck to those guys. Make us proud. Going up for the big money. All right, let's check out uh, weekend weather pit stop. We got uh, Ryan Weekman back with us this week. He was off last week. Like I mean, he was off. He, he's off. He, well, he's always a little off, but that's well, what, I mean. Have, you've seen his album cover. Yeah. Come on. You mean this one right here? Here is your weekend weather pit stop forecast. I'm First Alert meteorologist Ryan Weekman. Let's start with the races happening tomorrow. On Friday, we've got Lima Land, Eldora, and Attica. All should be just fine. It'll be hot, just like you'd expect for August. Afternoon highs will be in the upper 80s. Race time temperatures, probably somewhere in the 70s. For our Saturday races, we've got Oakshade, Flat Rock, Shady Bull, Fremont, Sandusky, Montpelier, and Eldora. Again, all of them looking just fine. You'd have to get pretty unlucky for one of those pop-up showers to come overhead. Not out of the question on Saturday, but again, you'd have to get pretty unlucky on an otherwise just hot and muggy August day. High temperatures will be near 90 degrees on Saturday. Race time temperatures for those happening at 7 p.m. and after will likely be falling through the 80s and somewhere in the 70s by the time the sun goes down. I'm First Alert meteorologist Ryan Weekman. Don't forget to download that free First Alert weather app. Just type WTOL weather in your Apple store or your Android store. You'll find it there. We give you personal updates throughout the weekend and beyond with that First Alert weather app. There goes Ryan. He was only coming out of one ear. I do apologize yeah, I noticed about that. that. Yeah, my I, my Adobe subscription uh, for Premiere ran out. That I they're actually videos I have to produce. So I'm trying a new software, and apparently I didn't catch that. I had to hurry up and load up the car to bring over to the doctor here tonight. So I. Did so you're saying our board op screwed up again? He didn't really screw up. He just doesn't have uh, the proper editing equipment anymore, and he was making do with free we're software. Just gonna have, so. We're just going to have to have a talk with yeah, him. Yeah, we'll probably. It's time to. I, I think I, I think I heard that uh, it's dinner time. Didn't I hear that? Whoa! I think that means it's dinner time, too. Yeah. 
Sorry, I didn't mean to scare you there, Jay. Or anybody else. Wake up. We'll be back in action next weekend, next uh, week, whenever. It's, Thursday's kind of the beginning. It's the pre-weekend. Thursday night. Yep, it is, so, uh, the Knoxville Nationals will be underway. We'll be able to talk a little bit about that. There's got night, a guest for next week yet? Not yet. Well, I'll probably f- figure it out about 10 minutes before the show starts. Yeah, it works for me. Nah, we'll work on something. We'll try and, uh, I don't know. We'll, we'll get somebody. It'll be good. Tune in it's 7 o'clock good. Thursday night. Uh, Facebook Live, YouTube, uh, Twitter, and uh, make sure to go to HammerdownRacingReport.com. Thanks to our sponsors. Once again, Oakshade Raceway, our presenting sponsor. Real Geek Silhouette Decoys, Big D's Pizza, Ron Miller Race Cars, Freeze Frame Photos, and uh, I guess that's it. Yeah. So we're out. We will see you. Uh, Thank you again to X Factor Motorsports. Yeah. Thank you for allowing me to. To get behind the wheel of the 99X this Saturday at Shady Bowl. Come watch me make a fool out of myself. Guys. I hope there's video. One of these days I'll make it back to Oak Shade. I want to see video of you racing now. Also, uh, well, there will be video. We did not have a hammer down hotline this week. Nobody, no calls. At least I didn't I didn't get a me- I didn't get a notification and I didn't actually check. But usually I get a notification if there's something there. 419-318-3081. If you want to be on the show at the end of the show for absolutely no reason. Call that number, leave a message, yeah. and uh, chances are you may show up. So there you go. That's it. Go support your local track, and uh, we'll see you next week. Sound good? Yeah, okay. yeah. Dinner sounding good right oh, now, yeah, too, man. Yeah, I know. Me, too. My Pop-Tarts are running out. So. All right, we'll see you. Bye-bye. <laughs> Goodbye, y'all. Good you have been listening to the Hammer Down Racing Report, available on demand on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcasting platform. Pit Pass Moto, sponsored by Moto America, is the show that keeps you up to speed on the latest in motorcycling and brings the biggest names in motorcycle racing right to you. From candid interviews with the top names in racing to providing insights into the trends and trendsetters driving the motorcycle industry, we have you covered. New episodes are available every Thursday at pitpassmoto.com and on your favorite podcast app. Ride on!